So Psalms 114, I know Sunday I didn't get a chance to talk about the Passover in uh, chapter 5 of, of Joshua, which is powerful. I might touch a little bit on it Sunday. But the Passover is um, a very, very powerful moment in our belief process because that's the day that our Lord and Savior died. So we can say that scripture with everybody while I was yet in sin, Christ then had died for me and I didn't even know it. And it's a miracle for us to even be here, believing on him, you know that? I mean, just think about it, man. It's, a, it's literally a miracle for you to believe in the, in the scripture. So that's a, it's a wonderful thing. I always pray that God will come and manifest himself to each and every one of us individually. Not, you know, I know corporately is one thing, but each and every, each, individual person has his own moment with the Lord where God is answering your prayer showing you something uh, that you can't you can't deny you can tell somebody else and they may not be able to believe you but you got to have your own experience with the Lord and, uh, and that's where you get to a life of prayer where you're like man once he once he shows you one thing you know once he proves himself to you one time you can always go back to that moment and say you know like they would say that uh, when Elisha when Elijah was taken up, he'll never forget that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he can cross the Jordan and say, where is the God of Elijah? You know, because of what he saw, what he experienced. And you can pray from that angle, okay? Uh, so when we look at Psalms 114, it's um, after the Passover happened in Egypt, you know, um, God brought them out with a mighty hand. Pharaoh was done after that. Out of all the... the uh, things that were done to Egypt from the water turning to blood, frogs, <laughs> locusts, <laughs> you know, every, everything the Lord had done. But when he, when he uh, brought the death angel through there and shut the block down, that was enough for everybody. You know, they were like, get your stuff and get out. What do you need? <laughs> what do you need to go? Well, I need all the jewelry you got, all the gold. They were like, here, take it because I don't even need it. You know, they just, and they spoiled Egypt that day when they had left. So Psalms 14 is another reminder of that. It says, uh, when Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language. What language did the Israelites speak at that time? Do y'all remember? <laughs> That's New Testament. Hebrew, there we go. Remember that Moses, it must be a Hebrew child because of the blanket that he had. He was like, these are Hebrew clothes. You couldn't tell them apart. But she was like, got to be a Hebrew because he got, he got Gucci on, <laughs> you know. You could tell if he got Levi's on, it might be somebody else. You know, if you got, what is it, Aristotle? <laughs> you could tell what somebody, where they shop at, you know. Uh, what is it, Old Navy? Ain't too many black folks wearing Old Navy, <laughs> Okay. You know, so uh, Tommy Hill figure, we might throw a little bit on. You just never know what we wear nowadays, you know. It's just uh, folks be doing the most. Um, but they said from a people from a strange language, they were talking a different language. Uh, Judah was his sanctuary and Israel was his dominion. Uh, the sea saw it. What sea was that? Do you all remember? The Red Sea. The Red Sea. That's what he's saying. The Red Sea saw it. If you don't believe me, go ask the Red Sea. <laughs> it fled. And Jordan uh, was driven back. If you don't ask me, go to the Jordan River. Matter of fact, go to Gilgal, the place where they set the stones up as a reminder. You can imagine as long as the Jordan had been flowing, what are the rocks like when you take it out of a riverbed? 
nice and smooth, ain't they? Like they've been really polished. So when they, they looked, they just didn't take out like 12 smooth stones. They took out some stones, you know, and they carried them on their shoulders to a certain place. So when they set it up, these stones are real smooth. And if you were some type of archeologist at that time or somebody familiar with the river, you'd have been like, man, these had to come out the Jordan River. It must have been dry, okay? Uh, the mountains skipped like rams and little hills like lambs. What ailed thee? And it goes back to the sea again, O thou sea that thou floodest. You, Jordan, that you was driven back. Remember, um, Jordan went all the way back. I don't know if I covered that on Sunday, but we covered it before. All the way back to a town called Adam. All right? So it wasn't in Mount Pleasant. When he dried up Jordan, when he caused it to go back up, he took that all the way back to Mount Vernon. You know, so people were 8 miles, 15 miles out. We're like, oh, my goodness, what's going on here? And the water was heaped up just like the Red Sea where it wasn't going nowhere. And the heat means that you're literally looking at water and it is literally on top of itself, just turning, ain't going no place. Um, you mountains that, that you skip like rams and you, and you uh, little hills like lambs tremble. Uh, you on the earth at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of, of the God of Jacob, which turned the rock into a standing water, the flint into a fountain of waters. Remember Moses went and... Uh, the water came out the mountain and flowed. So they're always reminding each other about what happened, what they saw with their own eyes. And these are sometimes children that are writing these things uh, because when you start talking about the Jordan River, it couldn't have been the people that were on the other side of the Jordan. Remember, a lot of those people had died. The only ones that crossed over was Joshua and Caleb were old enough to go, to go over, all right? Everybody else was like young folks, you know, so... Uh, let's see here, Psalms 115. There's only one God, and there's only one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. Understand that? So there's not, we don't, you know, we're not into Buddha and all that, but as you guys move around, you'll hear about these different gods. They may not present themselves to you like a god, but listen, nothing has changed under the Son of Man. Somebody's believing in something. That lottery that comes on all the time, what god is that? You know, the horoscope that's still printed that you can get on your phone. What God is that? You know, there's so many different gods. All the tattoos that are going across the bodies today. What God is that? You know, we don't do tattoos. You know, people did tattoos to let you know where they were from and who they served. The earrings and stuff that people did at that time. We remember that when Jacob and them, after uh, uh, Dinah was raped and they had killed that whole town, that they were wearing bracelets and they were wearing earrings and everything as signs of protection, but they were not calling on the name of the Lord. And that's when they gave him all of their things because you know, at that point in time, they thought they were gonna be attacked by the surrounding towns. And, um, and just being a small group, it's hard to fight 2,000 people, okay? So they had to rely on the Lord at that time and that's when uh, Jacob or Israel told him that they caused him to stink. Uh, so if you go back and, and sometimes things will happen in your family where you're out here doing while and out doing something stupid and it causes a, a stigma to come on the whole family, just like the, uh, the sons had did because their sister was raped. Um, Psalms 115 kicks off and says, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. All right. Not unto us. You know, we're not not for our fame nor for our fortune, but that God would get the glory uh, for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. What is, uh, what is God's truth? What is God's truth? Hmm? 
when it says God is not a man that he would lie, sometimes we think that God is going to say something to us and like, like you know, he's going to speak. But the word of God is his truth. He, he put it on paper. He wrote it down for us. He presented it to us. And he says, won't you try this right here? You done tried everything else. Won't you try this? Won't you do what I, I put in black and white? The first school, the first school they ever had in the world. They want to try, man, today wants to try to say, I started this school. God had a school right there in the wilderness. You put it on paper. Open book test. Open book test. All you got to do is open it. It'll tell you exactly what to do in the situation. And if you do what the book tells you to do, it will not return void unto the Lord. And it's not going to return void unto you. But if you continue to keep doing your thing, you know, the way that seemeth right, the end will not be what you want it to be. So think about, so that's where I, at least myself, I meditate over my life. And today sometimes, you know, I, I just said, Mark, you get on my last nerves. Because when we go to the word, it tells us specifically what to do. I don't have to guess. I don't have to think. It just tells me exactly what to do. All I got to do is look up, hey, you know, so-and-so getting on my nerves. And it just tell me exactly what to do. Leave it alone. Keep on moving. Pray about it. Pray for the person. Pray for those that use you. Uh, pray for those that talk about you. You know, God says, I'll deal with it. Vengeance will always belong to the Lord. Prosperity, your prosperity depends on God. It does not depend on you. Promotion comes from God. Stop smiling up in people's face, thinking that that's going to get you somewhere. People call them brown noses. We ain't into that. Okay. We serve the most high God. There is no other God to serve, and no man or no woman could be your God, okay? Wherefore should the heathen say, where is now their God? And they're going to say that today to your face if you begin to trust in them, because people will be like, where are your God at now? But our God is where at? In the heavens. He has done whatsoever he has pleased. Regard people, I see people's hearts failing them, and they're running out here worrying about which president it's going to be. As African Americans, I think it's wonderful to see somebody of color in the White House, but I can't depend on that, that guy. To see that after all the civil rights for blacks and whites, because whites died too, uh, trying to, you know, help others become just a human being or recognized as a human being. A lot of white people died. Nobody wants to tell you that. But there were white people out there that loved the Lord, that looked at the conditions that were going on in their world, and when they went out there to speak, some of them never went back home. All right? Um, so our God in the heavens, he has done whatsoever he has pleased. Our God, not made with hands. Our God. Remember, uh, Paul talks about how he was caught up to the third heaven because the first heaven is just what you and I see. And, of course, you see, like I tell you all the time, you're going to see the stars, what's beyond the galaxies and all that. They look at the, the galaxies are so full, they're endless. Now there's an end to them because the Bible is telling you and I know they're going to end and then we pick up the third heaven because you can't see it. All right? They're idols, and there is still idol worship today. One of the biggest musical programs that come on television is called what? American Idol. And that's all in different countries and everything like that. Because Michael Jackson got lifted up to such a point. You know, people were just going crazy. And you're like, man, I really, I really like the song and I like the, the dance moves and all that, but 
I ain't fainting because I done saw somebody, you know? <laughs> I ain't out here screaming and acting a fool and, you know, dressing up like them. And, and my whole life is that. Now I done got a face change. I no, I, it ain't all that. I'm sorry, man. It ain't all that. And, and, and the media, like, you know, you look at the models and things. And, you know, if you try to follow what society is saying, they're saying this is what is beautiful. God says this is what is beautiful. Who are you going to believe? You're going to believe the world or are you going to believe God? God starts to talk about how beautiful a person could be on the inside. You know that? Sometimes you might meet somebody and when you first see them, you're like, mm. but when that person begins to speak, they have such a warm, beautiful countenance that's flowing out from the inside that you are just like, wow, that, that, I really enjoyed being in that person's presence. They made me smile, made me feel comfortable. Um, you know, that means a lot. So I know the world tries to tell us as men that we have to look a certain way and act a certain way. No, you don't have to do that. Ladies, you got to look a certain way. So we run it out here trying to do what the world is trying to tell us to do, our American idol. But who are you when, when it's all said and done? Who are you? What is your style? What do you like? Well, I really like jeans. I really don't like wearing dresses. You know, I really like this. Some guys are like, well, I really like wearing, I like the way I look in a suit. Some guys, are like, I like the way I look in my sweatpants. You know, we dress for occasion, because sometimes you're going to have to graduate. You're going to, um, you know, maybe go out to dinner to some place, and you've got to know how to dress, and you're going to get married, you've got to know how to dress. But who are you? Is the world telling you what to rock? Or what is God telling you? How does he tell you to dress? What is the spirit of God telling you? That's what we want to know. What is God telling us? Uh, their idols are silver and gold, the work of man's hands. They would just carve out wood, overlay it in gold or silver, and then tell you that's who their God is. <laughs> they have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusts in them. Whatever it is that you trust in, it's going to have to make a break. If you trust in money, when money's all gone, what you going to trust in? If you trust in your so-called friend, <laughs> You know, and it's good. He, you know, sometimes you find a friend that sticketh closer than what? A brother. But what about mom and dad? Sometimes, you know, every once in a blue moon, you got some off parents. All right. But trust in the Lord, y'all. And, and the more you begin to look around, you see the uh, psychic hotline. Yeah, all this stuff that you see from back in the day is still going on today. People are doing their thing, okay? Uh, let's see here. Uh, o Israel, trust in the Lord. I'm at verse 9. He is their help and their shield. He is our help and he is our shield. Stuff's going to kick off. But he's our help and he is our shield. Um, you know, just keep praying. I, I can't emphasize it enough. I'm 53 years old. I pray more today than I ever did. I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm realizing that 
you know, there's so much that you want to see change, and you can't change it. And so I just got to keep praying, y'all. I got to keep praying, and I got to keep asking the Lord, what is it that you need me to do? And then I, I, gotta, I tell him, I need you to answer me. Um, but he is my help, and he is my shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. That means he's trying to tell us that he's thinking about us. He's, we're on his mind. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. If you think you are insignificant, you are not. If you think you are alone, you are not. God is going to bless you. And when you, as you guys, young people get older, or those of us that are older, think the world is coming down on us, read Psalms. It's just a reminder over and over again of how good God is and what God will do and what he has done. And he is the Lord our God, Malachi 3 and 6. He will not change. Okay? The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. So as, as a grandpop, as, as a father, I have to pray because everybody's family is not seeking God's face. They believe that he's there, but they're not seeking him. So sometimes you, you are the um, middle person between now. You know how Christ is our mediator? Even though he's God, we call him our mediator because what he has done down here. But sometimes you and I have now become the mediator because we're praying. In the morning, you know, before we go to bed, we're trying to throw that noonday prayer in there. But we are praying for our, you know, Acts 16, 31 is one of my favorite scriptures. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your house. This, all this stuff continues to remind me to keep doing what I'm doing in private. In private. And God will do it openly, okay? Verse 15, you are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. Yes, we are. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth has he given to the children of men. He has given us dominion over the earth. And even though Satan has come and tries to tell us that he has dominion and he runs things and is based on your credit score and is based on how much money you make and it's based on your strength and based on your might, that's not it. Everything belongs to the Lord, okay? Everything. And he gives it to whom he wants to. So you continue to pray. Like we say, Psalms 37 and 4, he will give you the desires of your heart. Just delight yourself in him. Verse 17, the dead, dead people praise not the Lord. Dead people praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. All right? Dead man can't tell no tales. Definitely can't praise him. But those of us that are saved, that trust in him, you know, it's just a transition with the Lord. And forevermore, we will be with him. All right. Chapter 116. Chapter 116. You know, you know, it's funny how these things run because this one is going to talk a little bit about death. And, um, and how sometimes, you know... Um, we don't know how God leads us and how he keeps us from different things. You know, we don't know. You never know what's, why that person in front of you done pulled out and they're going 20 miles an hour. Don't, you, don't they get on your nerves? They pull out, they're going 20 miles an hour. So I have to say to myself, there must be something. 
that the Lord is keeping me from because, you know, I'm doing about 60. <laughs> I'm rolling, you know. Here they come out there, and I'm like, oh, Lord. And I'm like, I hear you, Lord. Tell me to slow it on down. Just slow it on down. It's going to be all right. And I learned to put on my music, and I sit back and relax, and I just take my little time on where I got to go because I don't know what the Lord is trying to keep me from. And I don't know if that's an angel in that little car just slowing me down. He done, he done took somebody's little Subaru and got out in front of me and just slowed down. I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, he's keeping me because, you know, if I, the timing, sometimes the timing in people's lives is so perfect. You know, it, it can either bless you or it can be so dramatic. Timing is perfect. If I would have been 15 seconds ahead, if I'd have been 15 seconds slower, ask all the people that go gamble. Timing is everything with their slot machines. They timing. You get off, they just, ah! <laughs> jumping on, going crazy. With the Lord, his timing is perfect. It is perfect. So 116 says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Now, sometimes when you're praying, the Lord don't show up right away. You have to know that he is listening to you. I just, it just takes some time. My mother used to say, boy, get out the kitchen. <laughs> I had to know the food was going to get done sooner or later. Instead of me going to the door every time, somebody, is it done yet? <laughs> is it done yet? She's like, get out the kitchen. I'll call you when it's done. You ain't got to worry about that because you're going to eat this food. Oh, my God, Mom, you're killing me. Why you start cooking so late? That is the best reference I can give you to prayer. Because I keep going every morning talking about, is it there yet? Is it there yet? Lord, have you done it yet? I need you. Lord, you're late. You're running late, Lord. He's like, boy, I'm right on time. Stop tripping. Okay. But he's going to hear my voice. He's, I, know he, I know he hears me. I know he hears my, all, with all prayer and supplication. Supplications is sometimes you're praying and, you're, and then sometimes man, you're in there and your words don't sound right. Sometimes you got tears flowing down your face. Sometimes you're so stressed out. Sometimes all you can do is go in there and say, Lord, and you just sit there. Sometimes you may be praying in tongues. You just don't know. With all prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto the Lord. All right? Because he has inclined his ear unto me. Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. And we can go back to the little, the time when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Remember the angel showed up in the field? to the shepherds that were watching over the flock and said there's now peace on earth and goodwill towards men? What stops you from praying now? Don't let time stop you. Don't let the instant gratification that you and I are used to stop you from praying to the Lord, okay? That instant gratification that we need. We want to pray and bam, all right? And sometimes I prayed and I mean it was, it was right there. And then I'm still praying on some of them, but I know not now doesn't mean never. Daniel continued to keep praying for 21 days. You know that? 21 days he kept on praying and praying and praying for um, an answer from the Lord when it just came to the people of Israel. And God answered him, okay? Uh, the sorrows of death compassed me. And, uh, and this person is still living, but to see people around you move on is tough. You know that? To see your family and friends, um, you know, uh, move on to be with the Lord is tough on us. But we're not um, people that jump into caskets and start tripping. 
Okay. Or you're going to be, you're born once and you're going to die once. Okay. So don't act like, don't think, as you, when you're young, you think you've got plenty of time. We don't have plenty of time. Let's try to make some decisions early. Okay. Early in life. And right now, we don't know if we're going to live another 50 years. So we can't live our life like, oh, well, I'm at this age. And no, that's not how it works. You got to continue to live. You got to continue to plan and you got to continue to make moves. But people are going to move on. But jumping on caskets, talking about, Lord, take me, is not, that's not our faith. It's going to happen. Okay? And the pains of hell got hold on me. And sometimes you're going to run sick. Coronavirus is running sick on folks. Some, fix, some folks are going through some things. They're making it out of it, but some of them are still scarred from it. He says, I found trouble and sorrow. And sometimes we bring that upon ourselves. And nobody was bringing it our way. We just went out there because we're hard-headed. We don't want to listen. We refuse to listen to people that love us. For someone to parent read, we just can't hear a word they're saying. And we just, and we got to go do it. And the next thing you know, we're sitting there and, you know, nothing nobody can do for you now. There was not a thing anybody could do for you now. You know, when, they, when that cell slams shut, okay, when you done lost some, you know, maybe you had a vehicle, you lost it because you didn't want to get up and go to work. People are telling you to get up and go to work, you don't want to go to work. You just want to sit home, smoke weed, <laughs> play PlayStation. You know, now nah, we ain't doing that. And God is trying to keep people from that. People don't want to hear it, you know, people. 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, still acting like they're young people. It's silly. But verse 4 says, then called I upon the name of the Lord. That's where the change is going to come in our life. I begin to call upon the name of the Lord in spite of what's going on in my life. I start calling upon the name of the Lord. I start praying. To call upon the name of the Lord is to pray. In Jesus' name I pray. In the name of, he says, if you... If you ask for anything, ask for it in my name. Lord, I need some act right in my life. You know, uh, Jabez says, you know, keep me from the evil way. Psalms, uh, I think it's Psalms 139 says, please don't just take the evil from me. The, the, I'm doing it. It ain't nobody doing it. It's me doing it. I'm the one that's just, it's me, Lord. Take this stuff up out of me. I recognize that uh, the sin that's running through my blood. It's running through my veins, you know? And each, each one of us is led away by lust. And when lust has conceived, it brings forth what? Death. It wants to separate us from our goal. That's, that, sin has a, um, a way of separating you, killing off relationships, you know, uh, prosperity, trying to take your prosperity away. You know, just trying to just uh, jack up your life sin tries to do so we've got to turn that over to the Lord and that's the reason why Jesus Christ came is that we might have life and life what more abundantly so we got to call on his name we got to talk to him I talked to him about the issues in my life Lord this is what's getting on my nerves now I know you see a whole bunch of other stuff but this one right here gets on my nerves you know and I got to talk to the Lord about that oh Lord I beseech thee deliver my soul I tell you all the time about the soul. 
The soul is a whole nother different part of you. And the day you begin fasting, you'll hear me, I've said this to you 10 times, the day you begin fasting, you're going to realize that you have a soul. you got somebody living inside of you. That's the place where you are so broken and you're so hurt, even though you try to keep it together, the tears keep falling down your face. You can sit there and what's coming out your mouth <laughs> isn't equal what's coming out your soul. Because the soul is made up of who you are. That's who you are as a person. So they could kill the body, but they can't kill your soul. God is the only one that destroys souls. Okay, so the soul is who you are. It's everything you are. And sometimes people can break your heart down to your soul. And there's nothing. You try to fake it. But you can see it's all over your face how broken you are. All right? Uh, deliver my soul. Verse 5 says, gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. Listen to that. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. So when we call upon his name, Lord, have mercy upon me. That's what the blind man was saying. Have mercy upon me, thou what? Son of David, I know who you are. And the Lord stopped and said, what is it that you want? There was other people that were blind, but they didn't, they didn't know who he was. There was many widows in the day. Remember it says that in the scripture? Only one called upon the name of the Lord. All right? The Lord preserveth the simple. <laughs> you ever been called simple by one of your parents? Or, huh? You're just simple. <laughs> That's a word my grandmother used to say all the time. Boy, you are so simple. Boy, you're simple. Go sit your behind down somewhere <laughs> doing something more. Uh, she would tell me, like, you know, we got a little mouse in here. So, you know, she would say, hey, don't mess with the mouse trap. I'm trying to catch that mouse. Soon as she leave the room, you were in there crying because you done went over to the mouse shop. She said, boy, you are simple, simple-minded. I told you, leave it alone. Not because, listen, I'm trying to catch a mouse. Now I done caught your finger in it. Now you sit up here crying. And you know what she's saying? You're going to cry by yourself too because I ain't helping you. When I tell you to leave something alone, I'm telling you for your own good. <laughs> Why are you over there messing with it? The stove is hot. Turn around, next thing you know, you hear the screaming. <laughs> well, you're going to scream now. You're going to learn today. <laughs> you're going to learn today. <laughs> Sometimes, man, I mean, when, you know, I ain't got to spank nobody. Just let life hit you. People tell you to cut it out. You don't want to cut it out. And I have to tell myself, Mark, leave it alone. You have to, I have to purposely move around in life because I know the end result of it. All right? <laughs> the simple. The Lord preserveth the simple. When you saved... And you know that you got the same illness running through you as the people that are not saved. We all sinners saved by grace. And some people just don't want to accept the grace. But you know you're just like the person out there that doesn't know him. That means that you're going to still do something stupid. But God is like, because you're my child, I'm going I'm to preserve you. You, this, you should be getting this, but you're not. I'm going to take care of you. All right? I was brought low. And what? He helped me. I was brought low. Like I said, 99 of the problems I've ever had, I probably caused them myself, but he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. That's some powerful stuff right there. Those of us that have lived a little while know what that means. 
I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. I said in my haste, I came out of my mouth real quick. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you just come out your mouth quick, somebody get on your nerves, next thing you know, you start rolling off. I'm gonna punch you in your face. And the person's like, I'm, that's, when you listen, and you don't wanna listen, because they just ran you hot like that. And when you start listening, you were like, oh, what was you? I'm not my bad. You already done flipped it in. It's like, nah, you done flipped the script off, you know? Start swinging. It had nothing to do with that. You know? It had nothing to do with that. Uh, let's see here. In my haste, I said all men and women. That's what we got to define. Is he talking about just the masculine? Or is he just talking about the feminine? Or is he talking about all mankind? All right? Because everybody lies. That's why the scripture says God is not a man, mankind, which includes women, that lies. In his haste, this individual in his haste, he said, I can't stand y'all. Y'all ain't nothing but a bunch of liars. <laughs> but he had to catch himself. He said it out of his anger. But he had to take that back because he said, no, no, everybody isn't a liar. Everybody isn't a racist, you know? Everybody ain't full of hate. Everybody's, everybody's not a thief. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? Everybody doesn't commit adultery. Everybody's not like that. You can't categorize or, or think, now live the rest of your life like people are like this because God still has good people. God still has great people. Just right now at this moment, you may not see the great people, the good people that God has all around you. And I pray that he would open up our eyes so we can see the wonderful people that he has so they can restore our trust. Because sometimes you get so angry and so upset, you don't want nothing to do with people. But let God restore our trust, not only in him, but in our brothers and sisters. Verse 12, what shall I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? What am I going to give him for everything that he's been doing in my life? What am I going to give him for, you know, for the, my health, my strength? What am I going to give him for that? There ain't really nothing I can give the Lord. I just need to have respect unto the Lord. I need to, I need to love the Lord with my heart. I need to treat him right. You know, and I, need to, I need to do right by the Lord. I don't need to be. Every time the Lord ain't got to say something to me, you know. I need to do right by him. Whatever he's asking me to do, that's the place where I've grown to in my life where what he's asking me to do. Let me just go ahead and do it. Even though I may not feel it, even though I may not understand it, he's saying it in his word, the best thing I could do is be obedient unto my God. And not because of, oh, something's going to happen, but because I love him. He's been good to me. Everything he tells me to do in scripture, it works out for me. Okay? And I pray that everybody gets to that place to where we're just like, you know what? If the Lord says it, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I've been seeing people tithing more, and to me, I'm just like, that's awesome. Because there are people out here that just are like, I don't know if I can let it go. And it gets tough. And the enemy will try to hit you up, but God says, you know, man, I'm going to take care of you. He asks us for that, so that there'll be meat in this house, you know? That there'll be meat in here. He asks us to pray in here and do things like that. So, and that, that relationship, that giving thing is between you and the Lord. I got to give, you know? And the and next thing you know, you start making more money. Then you start really struggling. You think you're struggling with making a little bit of money. 
Wait till big money start rolling. And then you're like, mm. you know, he's like Ananias and his wife. Oh, I didn't know it was going to be that much money. Do you want to try to pull some back? Don't let them tell the devil, get out of my face. And give the Lord your heart and all of your mind and all of your soul. Because when he starts to bless you, sometimes you start looking around at your blessings. And the next thing you know, you start following after the blessings. Stay with the Lord, okay? Stay with the Lord. Because when you start doing what God asks you to do, and he starts opening them doors up, I'm telling you, it's easy to get caught up with money and, and cars and houses and all those different things. I pray that we kind of stay level-headed, okay? Uh, let's see here. Um, I would take the cup of salvation. What shall I render unto the Lord? He says, I'm going to take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. You can stop right there. I'm going to take it. I'm going to drink this cup. Jesus said, can you drink the cup I drink? And he said, yes, I can. Lord, he said, yes, you can. So you can, you can, you can drink it too. I'm going to drink this cup. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm drink it down and I'm going to call upon the name of the Lord. The cup of salvation. The cup always represented our Lord and Savior, his, his death, burial, and resurrection. The blood that was shed, the wine always represented his blood. And Passover is powerful for you and I. The world is going to celebrate Easter, and that's okay. Let them do what they got to do. They got to do it because the Bible says they're going to do it. The buddy is going to be running around and everything. Don't get caught. Now, the candy is good sometimes. <laughs> eat, eat some of the candy. Uh, <laughs> unless people are around, they might be trying to think that you're eating their God. And, you know, no, I just like the Hershey's chocolate. Be okay. I ain't into I ain't into the worship of the buddy, you know. But I like the chocolate, so you might have to get the chocolate, but eat it at home. Okay, somebody get thinking that you with them. You with one of them? No, I ain't with y'all. I just like the chocolate, man. I'm matter of fact, I'm just gonna cut it up so I don't see the little bunny's face, and then I'm gonna eat it that way. <laughs> okay. But I will take the cup of salvation. I will call upon the name of the Lord, calling upon the name of the Lord. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible can't say that enough to go pray. Go pray and call upon his name and ask him. Ask him to change your heart. Give me a heart of flesh. Give me a heart that's going to respond to you. Help me to stop doing the silly things. I know what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do, but I keep finding myself always doing what I don't need to do. And Paul writes that beautifully, what, in Romans 6 and 7. He writes that so beautifully, and we want to get to a place where we're not doing the foolishness no more. Sometimes we, we leave a church doing foolishness. And we, are, we don't need nobody else to tell us about ourselves. We just need to look in the mirror. Verse 14 says, I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Whatever vow you are making to the Lord, Lord, I will never. Or you might make a vow, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this in the congregation of the people. You know, you're like, man, and people are like, what are you doing, man? I just made a vow to the Lord. Ain't none of your business. Let me do what I do. <laughs> people are like, okay, my bad. I'm just asking what you're doing. You're putting an awful lot in there. Or you're doing this and that. Or some, sometimes you make a vow to the Lord that, hey, I am going to get more involved in church this year. Hey, you know what? If nobody else wants to teach Sunday school, hey, I'll teach it. Hey, if nobody else wants to take on the youth, I'll take it on. Hey, if, you know, Pastor Mark needs somebody helping with recording, 
I'm going to help. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to make a vow to the Lord. I'm going to do something for the Lord. And I was always like that when I got in church. I don't care if they need help setting up chairs or whatever, to building something, to painting something. Whatever the church needed, man, I just got involved in there, man. And you know what? It felt good in my heart. And I enjoy it until to this day. I'm still doing it for the Lord. Amen? I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And, you know, we, I mean, they killed the prophets. He talks about that in Scripture. How Israel would always kill the men and women that were preaching. Um, and he says, they are so precious. You are so precious to the Lord. You hear me? Oh, Lord, truly, I am thy servant. He says it again. I am thy servant and the son of thy handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. Now, we go back to Exodus chapter 21 where, you know, Paul talks about how he's the bond servant. Let me tell you, the Bible is repetitious. I know we want to kick off something new, but it keeps taking us back, saying that I'm a bond servant, which means, uh, I think I talked about it the other week, there were 10 lepers. Jesus healed all 10, correct? Only one came back. All right? Sometimes God will come, people will come into the church because they're in a desperate situation. They'll stay with us for three or four months and get their life straight. And once their life is straight, they're going right back out there again. All right? If you stay, stay with him. All right? Stay with him. Be the bond servant. The bond servant means that, yes, he has paid your debt and you have the right to leave. But when you turn around and say, Lord, it's, you know, better is one day in your courts than a thousand what elsewhere. And that's where they would get their ear pierced and they would become a bond servant. And Paul calls himself a bond servant to the Lord. He was free the day on that Damascus road, but he stayed with the Lord. And I'm telling you, it wasn't an easy life for Paul. Paul, listen, his life was easy when he was catching Christians and, in, and imprisoning Christians. His life was easy. He was Paul, you know what I'm saying? He, he can go anywhere. But when he turned that thing around, I'm telling you, they were whooping his behind in some towns. They thought he was dead at one moment. Okay, the, the same people that he was serving are now stoning him, okay? It ain't easy. Verse 17, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of what? Thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving my family. It may not be done yet, but I want to thank you for, thank you for taking this nonsense out of my life. Thank you for removing the alcohol and the drugs. Thank you for giving me a mind to still want to serve you. Thank you, Lord Father, for this job. I may not like this job. This job may get on my nerves, but, Lord, I thank you for the roof over my head. I thank you for what you're doing, God. And I know, Lord Father, that promotion comes from you. Promote me, God. Bless me, God. You said whatever I put my hand forth to do, you would cause me to prosper. I thank you, Lord. And you, gotta, you know, you just got to get that place of thanksgiving. And we'll call what? Upon the name of the Lord. Over and over and over again, these writers are giving you and I keys to the kingdom. 18, I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of what? All his people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. Got to give God some praise, y'all. We got to give God some praise, some thanksgiving. I'm just giving you little samples of what thanksgiving is about. Just thanking him. Thanking him. 
when you sometimes when you get down there to pray and you're like and your mind is in like 29 different places and you find yourself just sitting there off in thought sometimes if somebody got on your nerves you can't get that person off your mind the scripture says to get up off your knees and go to that person and talk with them so and be surprised how if somebody gets on your nerves you can go speak to that person or call them and when you talk about it and say hey listen man I don't want to be sitting up here angry with you. That ain't, that, I didn't wake up this morning and, and, and making a decision to get on your last nerves. And I know you didn't wake up uh, to get on mine, so I was just calling to apologize to you. And the person may not receive it. But you have went to your brother or sister and said, man, I'm my bad. And it's going to happen. I'm sorry, man. As we, we're going to see each other, what, 52 weeks out the year? You think every time you see me, you're going to be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Monday's day, I might get on, you know, I might take the donut you wanted. I wanted that past the morning. I'm like, what? I wanted it too. Get out of my face. The next thing you know, you swole at me because I done took, I took Thomas' blueberry donut from you. I'm sorry, y'all. It's going to happen. What do we do when it happens? The Bible tells us what to do. Don't let the sun go down on what? Don't let it go down. And we sitting there trying to be stubborn. You know how we are. <laughs> Whatever. I don't even want to hold, don't stand next to me at church either. I ain't going to hug you. I'll give you one of them little, like, little fist bump. And we still swole. It happens. You know, we've got to know that it's going to happen. What do you do when it happens? You don't know it's going to happen? <laughs> you don't know? You're like, is it really going to happen? It's going to happen one day. You're going to get, somebody going to get on your nerves, and you're going to get on somebody else's nerves. <laughs> And we're going to be like, hey, y'all, can y'all just drop it, man? I ain't dropping nothing. They, they need to, we in here, all this scripture here telling us how to deal with when we angry at one another, but we still angry at one another. It's going to happen. And after it goes away, we can sit here and laugh about it. Like, yeah, I was swole. I, was, I mean, no, I wasn't that swole. We was swole. If you swole, say you swole. You know, <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with it. But things like that happen, y'all. You're going to get angry and upset with your family, your friends, coworkers, people in the community. It's going to happen. But the Bible won't let you sleep. It's designed when you get on your knees, that person that you upset with is right there in your face. Lord God, oh, Lord, do they have to be in my face? I'm just not going to pray that. Because <laughs> that issue ain't leaving because it's in your heart. And it's designed not to leave until you straighten it out. And sometimes you have to go back. And they call it eat humble pie. But God loves how we humble ourselves to him because his word is asking us to do it. The other person may be like, yeah, I knew you was coming to apologize because you was wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. You're right. It was, it was me. Even though they're the ones that backed in your car. You, the, you were just sitting in your car listening to some John P. Key. They backed it in your car. You got I was like, seriously? And they want to fight you. What are you mad at me? And you know, you're like, you just start swinging because you're like, you know, back to the me. <laughs> Stuff happens, man. The Bible is going to let us know it's going to happen. As more as you read this, but it also tells us too when it happens, how do we get ourselves out from underneath it, okay? Psalms 117, only got a little couple of 117. It says, oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people, for his mercy for kindness is great towards us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Real simple and quick, you know? Real simple and quick. We don't need to even get into that. It is what it is. But they're encouraging us to praise him. Psalms 118. 
Thanksgiving again. We got to give the Lord some more thanks, all right? And then we'll go into the next time we come into Psalms 119, one of the longest Psalms in the Bible. Yeah, it's the Aleph and the Tau. So now you know when he comes in the book of Revelation, it says, I'm the Alpha and Omega. That's not what he's saying. He says, I am the Aleph and the Tau, all right? That's the beginning and the end of the Hebrew alphabet, all right? So let's get into 118 right here. It says, again, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. And that's a song again. For he is good, mm, he is good, because his mercy endures forever. So when I are swole, just like we were talking about, and we don't want to apologize, the Lord is laughing and saying, <laughs> you know, just give him some time. Give him some time because he or she, it may be 2022, would turn around and be like, I was literally an idiot, wasn't I? Yeah, man, but we, you know, we still love you. We love you. It don't matter. You are an idiot. <laughs> You ever tell somebody that? I know Sheila tell Thomas that. Thomas like, man, I messed up. Yeah, but you my mess up. <laughs> you ain't nobody else's mess up. You mine. I still love you. That, that just humbles you right there like, man, I should have handled that differently. Yeah, it's going to be okay. Well, listen, things are going to happen. And it's happened to me where I just run hot. I don't feel like dealing with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't want to see your face. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's real. I'm sorry, y'all. And, and when people in the church hurt you, that's the worst. When you're in the street, you're like, whatever, whatever. <laughs> but when it's the people that you love and trust and that you expect things from, that's, that's when it hurts, all right? So um, let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. So when you and I don't want to stop, well, we, he's still merciful. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. How many times does he have to say that to us? Who in here is swolled up? <laughs> Let them now that fear the Lord say that his what? His mercy endureth forever. Yeah, he's saying it for a reason. He, when he started writing this, he probably was like, you know what? Thank you. Because four times he done say his mercy, what? Endures forever. That means that you messed up and you're like, please have mercy upon me. So these are regular, normal people going through normal stuff like you and I, believers, and we're messing up. So that's why I'm never in shock if somebody comes and says, man, you know Jamil messed up. I'm like, okay, well, he's supposed to mess up. He's going to mess up. I expect him to mess up. That's why they keep stats in football. I expect him to fumble. He carried the ball 282 times in one fumble. Yeah, but he fumbled in that game. I'm like, okay, but what about the 282 times he didn't fumble? Oh, See, see, you always take it up for Jamil. Eh? Take it up for Jamil. It's just facts. I expect. Now, if he's every game he done fumbled, I'm like, he might want to go to another position, like on defense or something, <laughs> because running the rock ain't your specialty. <laughs> okay? Let's move around. and learn how to move around a little bit. <laughs> okay? <laughs> if you don't want to take care of no kids, don't have no kids. If you're a believer and you don't want to take care of kids, stop having kids. Because nobody else is supposed to raise your kids. That's your kids. Okay? I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just going to leave it alone right there because I don't want people getting all upset with me. You know, I got to say it to myself. You know, sometimes you split up from people, but I know me and my kids' mother, we were like, co. You know, we just did it together. No child support. I had a responsibility. She had a responsibility. We just did it. Ain't nobody getting mad, you know? I know people want to get mad at you and run down and put you on child support. It's okay. Let people do what they do. 
People running down there getting mad. I'm going to get you. Okay, all right. All right, well, ain't nothing wrong with it. Go ahead and do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? If the, if the law gives you the power to do it, and that's what you feel in your heart, and if it's wrong, God going to deal with it. All right? Got to deal with it. Let, let, let things be things, okay? The, you know, people do what they do. Verse 5 says, I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. You understand that? It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. I can say that like 18 times because that's what's going to break your heart right there when you put confidence in a man or a woman. Now, I know that you have to, but you have to expect sometimes, okay? You got to give people the opportunity. If, if the Lord has given you and I an opportunity to make a mistake and still forgive us, please give somebody an opportunity to make a mistake. Even though it may, you know, you be like, ooh, ooh, you get on my last nerve, but you got to learn to forgive, y'all. That's what the Bible's all about, forgiveness, okay? Now, sometimes people just, if they just continually keep doing it, you know what I'm saying? That you got to, you got to, so they got to, you got to cut, cut bait and keep on moving sometimes because, you know, but you got to still love them, but you got to love them from a distance. I don't say that. I'm just telling you what I, I'm telling you as your brother, sometimes your heart can't continually deal with that nonsense. Okay? You can't deal with it. You ain't made to deal with it. And sometimes people, some people just can't leave it alone. You got to, sometimes, you know, if it's over and over again and it's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, that's just who you are. But I didn't plan my life out for that. That's who you are. I just have to come to grips with who you are. And I don't want to come to grips with who you are. You already know who you are because you keep doing it. But I haven't come to grips with who you are. And I'm coming to grips with it today and I got to move on because I can't continue to keep carrying you and you just continue to want to do nothing. All right? So sometimes you got to leave folks alone and move on around. Maybe the person may grow up. And when they grow up and they show signs of growing up, <laughs> you know, not now does it. I just, I'm not unfriending you. I just don't want to follow you anymore. So all the stuff, I don't have to see your stuff on the page all the time, you know? So Facebook has a little wonderful thing where I just unfollow you. So all the antics you're doing, all your little videos and all that little stupid stuff, I'm st you don't know that I'm not watching you, but I'm still your friend. <laughs> Ain't that beautiful? Can't we wish we could do that in life where I don't have to see you. I just walk around, hey, everybody! <laughs> to you, it's like we friends, but I don't even know you're there. <laughs> Facebook inventing stuff, man, that we need to happen in, in real life, all right? Uh, uh, let me see here. I'm sorry. Take a break. You just click a button and that person, you just, they, they don't even see you in church. Like, you just float through church and, and you hug everybody else and you just keep on moving. They don't know who you are. Like, in real life, it happens. But, you know, in real life, God puts, he puts it on us, don't he? We got to look at people in the face, look them in the eye, track like we don't see them in Walmart. We got to go through all these antics. So it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man, okay? And sometimes we do. Sometimes we're like, you my brother, you my sister. Come on, man. I'm expecting you, not you. 
Verse 9, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. There's a double right there. All nations can pass me about, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. They can pass me about. Yes, they can pass me about, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. There's another double right there. They can pass me about like bees. Ooh, I don't like no bees, man. When I'm working outside in the summertime, I'm looking for bees. They come swooping out of nowhere. They come buzzing to your ear. Don't they get on your nerves? Me and Thomas try to do some work, and here they come. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I try to stay with Thomas. Gets stung. I don't get stung because I'm like, no, nah, it ain't happening to me. I know to throw something over there first before I go over there. And if I see something flying, I'm like, oh no, I ain't going over there. Where the demon WP? Thomas, he just boy, he just go walk and grab stuff. Tommy, I, I'm like, Thomas, you all right? And it got me. <laughs> I'm like, I got the spray. <laughs> Roll around, Thomas. I'm gonna get this thing. Bees don't have no no type of cooth on them. They just sting for no apparent reason. And all of us that have been stung, <laughs> come on, y'all. All of us that have been stung, this is Thomas, we tell them what we go through. They don't know what we go. They think stuff is all easy. It ain't nothing easy when you get stung, finger done swollen up, now you can't use the tool, you can't turn pages because your hand all messed up. You don't know what like that to go. That's we living real out here. It's real. Uh <laughs> But bees, man, when they, when they mention, when they can't, can pass me about like bees, bees are stinging from every direction. Don't come up on a hive or don't, don't stand in an anthill. They are quenched as the fire of thorns, for in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. Man, in the name of the Lord, bees stop flying. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. Man, that's... Now, that's some poetry right there. You could take that to one of them little poetry places, Corinthian, and break that down. People would understand that. They, they give you a slow clap like, man, that was, that was deep right there, you know? They could, <laughs> Thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does uh, valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me sore, but he has not given me over unto death. Amen, y'all. Ooh, the Lord chases who he loves, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them and I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord unto which the righteous shall enter. I will praise thee for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. With the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10 and 9. The stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. That's a quote by Jesus in the New Testament. All right? They rejected him, but he is the chief corner stone. He is the right hand of the Almighty that this person is talking about. This is the Lord's doing, verse 23. It is marvelous in our eyes, written long before Jesus was born. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will what? Rejoice and be glad in it. These are scriptures that you'll hear in every church if you go into it. 
All right. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Remember they were throwing the palm branches down? Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. They were spreading it out before him. Hosanna, Hosanna, all right? We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, which has showed us light, bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. Thou art my God, and I will praise thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Yes, it does. We're going, we're going to leave that there because Psalms 119 is going to be, is going to be, it's, it's, and Psalms 119 is, is again, it's going to be a lot of repetition. And just like in school, when you go to school, it's a lot of repetition. Over and over again, when you're on the job, they, they start you off with orientation. They familiarize you with whatever it is that you're going to be doing. But then every day, somebody is working with you to get you up to speed. Over and over and over again. And you'll be doing that same job. A mailman, 20 years, going to get your mail, getting it all sorted out, going out, hitting the route. Everybody know your name after the first year. What's up, Bobby? Okay, what up, what up Ms. Johnson? After 20 years, you've been doing this. 20 years. The word of God is no different. The word of God, like one, one thing I do talk to the Lord about is by giving me a deeper and deeper revelation every time I go in. It's something that I, I want to do, but I know that the Lord can't give me everything. Each and every one of us, he gives us a part of the Bible, okay? And you preach your part. And that's why I love to hear different people talk about the Lord of God because I'm not seeing it from your perspective, okay? So when Sunday school is the best part for me of church, because I get to hear all of you talk about what you see. And I get to learn from you because I only can see life out of these, these two eyes. That's all I got is these, what comes out of these eyes, what I see. And um, so, you know, I'm glad Reverend Frazier is here. You know, I'm, I'm glad uh, Sister Sheila and, and, and Brother Thomas is, is bringing the word on Sunday. And, you know, and we got to study. We got to study like we're going to talk to 3,000, 5,000 people. How would we, how would you study to, to, to do Bible study in front of 3,000, 5,000 people? Would you just get up and wing it or would you actually go through it and read it? So that's how we got to prepare. You know that? Always remember that. Whatever you're going to do, always prepare. So we've got a prayer is everything. Much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. Spending time with the Lord, talking to the Lord about the lesson. Lord, I don't understand this. I, I don't get it. Sometimes you don't get it until the day you're actually speaking. And you're like, oh, now, oh, I thank you. you just, I'm, all right, thank you. Now I get it. In the middle of preaching, you're like, I get it. And, uh, but you got to pray over it and uh, spend time with the Lord and God to take you through everything, okay? You never know where you guys are going to be at, you know, six months, a year. Next thing you know, you're calling. Remember, Philip didn't know that uh, his buddy Stephen was going to die. And next thing you know, the Holy Spirit had caught him up. Next thing you know, he ended up in Caesarea. What is that all about? You know, he was way away. Then he, next thing you know, he got word to the church, like, yo, I'm, I'm down here. They thought he might have been dead. Anybody see Philip? We lost Stephen. Anybody see Philip? No, nah, Philip got caught up. But he, you never know what's going to happen in your life. You never know what the Lord is going to call you to do. So while you're here, the Lord is deposited in you every Wednesday, every Sunday. He's deposited in you. So don't think that you don't know anything. You know some things. All right? 
you know some things. The next thing you know, you're off saying, hey, Pastor Mark, where you at? Oh, I'm down here in San Antonio. All right, all right. What you doing down there? Well, man, I'm going to church. and They need a, a youth Sunday school teacher. All right, well, you can do it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you know. It's all going to come back to you. It's all, if you don't, go to the podcast. I'm on there. <laughs> all right? It's all going to, it'll just start rolling. You'll never perfect it until you start teaching somebody else. And then it fills in everything for you, okay? But you can teach it. You've been going to church long enough, studying long enough that if you were called on to do something, I believe in my heart that you could do it. You know that? Always make sure you pray. Make sure that you study. You're not going to know everything. I'm sorry. I just want to tell you that. The Lord don't, he ain't going to give you everything, okay? He gives you what you need for you. So the blood of the lamb you saved, your testimony is powerful, and you're not, it's not about you. They love not their lives in the death. It's, it's not about you. It's about glorifying him, okay? Use yourself as, 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 as the person that you want to talk about. Everything will be all right, okay? That's it. You just go and do what you got to do. You never know where you're going to be at. Never know what might happen next day. Here I am in Texas. What is that about? Never thought I'd be leaving. You know, I never know. Next thing you know, you're someplace else. So keep on praying. And, and, and I don't know what God's going to have you doing. But, when you, you know, being in church is always something to do. Always something to do. And learning. And it's repetitious, repetitious over and over and over again. Don't think we're going to preach anything new, okay? That's all I got. Y'all ready to pray?